How has the global M&A landscape evolved over the past year and a half? What's the landscape looking like today, and how will the near-term macro conditions shape mergers and acquisitions going into 2024? Today's Tuesday, November 14th, and I'm your host, Robert Nahigian. So I wanted to start this discussion by taking a look back on 2021. We saw arguably the strongest era of mergers and acquisitions we've ever seen, um, with rock-bottom interest rates and a safe overall market sentiment. Corporate dealmakers jumped on the abundant transformative opportunities amid a period where valuations were absolutely soaring. We saw record-breaking deal volume as a result of those shocking valuation multiples. While the majority of deals executed were around that 15 times EBITDA range, the tech industry saw deals hovering around the 25 times range, which was absolutely incredible. And this environment overall just truly sparked the desire for these major companies to experiment with those transformational opportunities that they may not have been able to try back during the COVID-19 pandemic. And this bright environment in 2021 actually persisted into the early months of 2022. But the Fed hiking interest rates in June, coupled with an inversion of the yield curves in July, created this overall uncertain macro sentiment, which immediately played its hole on this abundant deal making. Mega deals immediately went on pause, and volume on the smaller deals began to slow. Um, those 2021 valuation multiples came down significantly. This just created an interesting M&A story for 2022 because if you look at the annual charts for deal volume, the year 22 was certainly not as low as people would expect. This is sort of explained by what many are calling the story of two halves. The first half of 22 can be marked as a sort of a tag along to 2021, which was offset by the back end of the year, which is sort of described with uncertainty. And that uncertainty throughout the second half of 22 has certainly continued to persist into 2023. And many dealmakers remain cautious entering the year and are arguably still cautious towards the end of the year in November today. We've seen... The majority of deal flow be dominated by corporates as the tighter financing environment makes those private equity LBOs much more difficult. And not to mention the larger deals have also been dominated by corporates. I'd also say this is sort of a unique time for corporates that have strong balance sheets and sufficient cash because the uncertain macro backdrop is making it difficult to acquire those high quality assets. And I think that well-positioned corporations will be able to take advantage of the smaller amounts of competition in the near term. Sort of switching gears more on the private equity landscape, I think this story is definitely something to talk about as well. And just for a brief background on the private equity leverage buyout model, um, an LBO involves acquiring a company using a debt-dominant capital structure and leveraging the company's assets and cash flows over, say, five years to repay that debt over time. But tying in what we've mentioned earlier, the tighter credit markets have 
really made these deals significantly more difficult and as a result have created record levels of dry powder for these private equity funds. In other words, the amount of capital they have ready to deploy to acquire a new company has just been adding up and these funds are simply becoming more selective about their investments given such higher levels of volatility in the markets. As PE firms spend less resources executing new acquisitions, they're putting more focus on optimizing their current portfolio and finding those transformational opportunities for their existing portfolio companies. And I think going forward into the remainder of 23 and into 24, um, the majority of M&A activity is going to consist of those smaller middle market deals. And I think there's several reasons why that's going to be the case. Um, for starters, probably the most obvious reason is simply the broader financing and regulatory environment. These deals may simply just be easier to get done. And I think another big factor that's going to contribute to more deal flow from a sponsor's perspective is the Fed's outlook on interest rates. I would argue that as these private equity firms begin to accept the fact that interest rates will likely be higher for longer, they'll sort of adopt the mindset that although financing may be difficult with those higher rates, there's going to be less uncertainty given that clear outlook. I think as a result, PE firms will be better able to forecast a prospective company's performance. And this clearer outlook is going to prompt these major funds to begin activating those piles of dry powder, further contributing to more deal volume going forward. And I think this reawakening of private equity coupled with strong corporate activity tying in the factors I mentioned earlier, it's just going to create a much brighter picture for mergers and acquisitions heading into 2024. Going back to what I mentioned about more middle market deals, I think as more middle market deals take place, it's going to continue to fuel the growth trajectory of those alternative financing, those private debt funds that have emerged over the past few years. Now, I'm tying back into the role of traditional banks in the middle market space, this climate we've seen has sort of created a gap for those middle market deals. And I would argue that that space is where a lot of activity is going to be seen here in the next year or so. I also wanted to point out the expected uptick in restructuring headed into what's likely to be a recession. Sectors like retail and consumer discretionary with continued disruption from inflationary pressures, disjointed supply chains are experiencing lower top line and weaker margins. And I think more restructuring is likely going to create more distressed M&A opportunities, again, fueling the growth of alternative financing and private debt. Overall, it appears that with strong corporate activity coupled with this reawakening of private equity, um, we're going to see the appetite for mergers and acquisitions, just overall deal volume slowly but surely reach those pre-2022 levels. And I'm going to leave it there for this time, but thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to and download the podcast. Follow the company LinkedIn page to stay up to date with our latest market commentary. But with that, we'll see you all next week. Thanks a lot. This material is published solely for informational purposes and may not be copied or recreated in any way. This podcast is not an offer to buy or sell any investment product and takes no liability for being incorrect about events that may occur within the markets. Remember that the financial markets are subject to change and past performance is not an indicator of future results. It is important to conduct your own research and carefully evaluate any financial decision prior to acting on it.